On today's show, we have Travis Coleman, uh, awesome PT, all the way from Benora Point, south of Goldie, just across the border. How are you, Travis? Yeah, really good. Thanks, mate. Yourself? Very well. Thank you for asking. I am stoked to have you on. I have been stalking you like a madman on social media and have to say, every time I see one of your posts, I feel fitter. So as a PT, you're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, cheers, mate. Don't so mind tell, a bit of a stalking. Yeah. No, no. And it, it always sounds bad, doesn't it? That I probably should change that word and pick a different word. But <laughs> um, that's the the era of social media, isn't it? It's, it's almost what you oh. want. You want followers and mm, mm. all you do, hey. Mm, mm, I like it. I like it. Actually, you mentioned the other day I saw on one of your posts that you were was what you said something like you were finish line stalking um, two blokes that you know came across the finish line in in one of the races. Um, one of the guys, I can't pronounce his name, but he, he won. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tyler Mischelchak. Mischelchak, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice. Canadian folks, yeah. So for people who don't know, um, you know, who you are, uh, tell us a bit about, you know, you and your endurance life. Um, yeah, so I'm 22 years old. I've been doing uh, like an endurance-based kind of lifestyle my whole life. As a kid, I'd always do the longer run like if there was a, a 400 or a 100 I'd do the 400 and then kept that up all the way through school high school and everything and then when I was about 13 so starting high school um, I was looking for more ways out of school pretty much mm-hmm. and then there was a local triathlon in the area and I was like what is a triathlon um, and then dad was keen on doing it too so it was a swim a bike and a run I've gone oh sick you got three sports in one mm. I'm Doing three at once. And getting to hang with dad. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, went down with dad. The um, first one, I was on like just an old little BMX and having a hit out. Dad beat me the first time. And I was like, okay, yep, nah, I'm in. Mm -hmm. So then that's the only time dad's beaten me from there. And then (laughs) That's probably hard to take because I bet you he was racing you again when you were like 13 or 14. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, and that kind of kick-started the whole journey. Um, as I got through school, uh, like I loved competing cross-country, athletics, swimming, just every sport I could. And then when I was about 16, I think I was I was um, missed out on going to state representative in a sprint finish that I thought I won, but apparently the judges saw it differently to what I did. And then that really kind of kicks the button into all right time to get serious and start training so then yeah pretty much started my training around 16 17 came back the next year and got second in state qualifying and then went off to state and that kind of got the competitive streak on a roll and pretty much since then it's been a similar deal like with triathlons I was second for so long I was like all right time to find something I can kick this up find the next level and then just eventually broke through it, like 18, started winning a lot. Um, from there, I, was, um, I think I was 19 or, or somewhere around that. Uh, just left school and then the um, triathlon standard distance national championships were down in Wollongong around March, just after finishing school. So I went down there for a hit out, see how I'd go, ended up winning that and being the 16 and 19 years uh, national champion, which was Really cool, which qualified me. Sorry? That's mint. Yeah. I was like, oh, sick. I've just left school and there we go, national champion. Mm. Um, And then 
that qualified me for world championships in Mexico in September that year. So I was like, oh, wow, okay, yep. Sick, a holiday to Mexico. Yeah, this is cool, isn't it? Like, Because you know, that's intriguing. Hey, like, I mean, I can't, I have to cast my mind back a bit of a way to, to high school. And, yeah. you know, but just imagining, like, you've got this drive, you've got this, you know, competitive nature about yourself. It's always been there, the love of sports. So it's it's kind of like a ma- match made um, in heaven, uh, these two things. And then all of a sudden you, you've put in the hard work, you've kept finding extra gears. Now you're like, hey, the best in Australia. You get to go to Mexico. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it didn't really hit me at the time, hey. And then it still hasn't. I reckon I'll be like late 30s, 40s. I mean, like, whoa, I I left school, became national champion, and then started just going overseas and racing. (laughs) Mm. Crazy Mm. thing. Um, Yeah, and then, yeah, when in Mexico, I got... I had a pretty good race, but I do struggle in the heat, so that knocked me. I ended up, oh, I came, started the run in about ninth, and then at the 6K mark, I I know it was 6K because I collapsed and fell onto the 6-kilometre sign. Oh, God. And then um, from there, it was pretty much survival instead of a race to get to the end. Mm-hmm. Crossed the finish line in about 23rd, uh, straight into the medical tent, chucked me straight into an ice bath. Uh, after about two, three minutes in that, they took me out, grabbed my temperature, and I was 42 degrees after being oh, in God. the ice bath. That's that scary. That freaked them all out. Yeah. Mm. I do run a normally high temperature, but yeah, it was it was getting on point of having to go to an actual hospital. Um, and then they had uh, all these cooling things all over me, trying to cool me down. And then once the muscles started cooling or something like that, I... Uh, just started having hectic convulsions laying on this little stretcher makeshift bed, having like six Mexican people just holding me there while I'm shaking. and Everything was just bright. All I could see was just, I could just look and see, couldn't feel anything. And I'm just shaking on this table. <laughs> what is going on? God, and then it's a bit scary too because, like, I mean, I, I am uncultured. Let's just throw that out there. Like, I'm I'm not traveling around the world. I've been to Tokyo once, um, you know. But I'm imagining. Please don't take me to the Mexican hospital. It's probably lovely over there. I don't know. You've been. You might be able to give me an idea. But you know, the movies don't always depict. Um, yeah. You know. So, so that's its own challenge, and yet you now you're just you're in some foreign land. You, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, is everyone speaking English, or is it? You know, what's that like? Yeah. So that was pretty much my exact thought. I was like, I can't go to a Mexican hospital because it'll mm. be just dodgy as, uh, and no one spoke a word of English mm. except for yes and no. They're that's all scary. Spanish and I was like, oh man, what's going on? A semi wanted like a drip to put into me to rehydrate me, but. I didn't want some dodgy needle from something getting stabbed into me. and mm. Yeah, and then Dad was freaking out too because at this stage it was like an hour after the race and I hadn't come through. And um, because no one spoke English, he couldn't find out any information of where I was. Mm. So then he's grabbed a couple of the other Aussie athletes and like, look, he hasn't come through the finish like area once he's cooled down. Are you guys able to go in and check for me? And they're like, oh, yep, they've come in. And then by this stage, it's like an hour and a half later, I'm laying there with ice packs on, getting like well looked after, got the fan on, just cooling down, kind of coming to it at this stage. And then they've come back and told Dad, and he's like, oh, yeah, Trav's just having a lay down, just recovering. 
<laughs> Don't worry about all that, like nearly nearly dying and having to go to the hospital. Yeah, yeah, they, they didn't say any of that part. Well, yeah, it, so. it sounds that sounds like a journey, and and so um, obviously you made it out alive, and uh, yeah. it sounds like you were somewhat well looked after. So that's that's a positive. Who who are we to have had those judgy thoughts? I apologise now. Especially <laughs> yeah, out there, but um, and so since then, I mean, like um, I guess that's probably a, a memorable event. But where else have you gone? Yeah, so um, after that, I was keen for a redemption and have a good result. Uh, so became like backed up again in the 20 to 24 years age group this time for um, the national champs, uh, which and then world champs were over in Rotterdam, so over in Amsterdam. So that was a really cool holiday and literally really cool. I think we got to a max of about 12 degrees. So I went from absolutely stinking hot, humid weather to freezing cold weather the next year for the race which ended up helping me a bit so it was like 14 15 degree water temperature a max of eight degrees air temperature during the race everything was just icy cold and then had went from having one of the slowest runs in mexico to having the fastest run of the race in rotterdam and uh finishing six there i was like oh that's heaps cool top 10 mm. how mm. this and then found out uh, a couple of days later that world champs were going to be right here in Australia on the Gold Coast. I was like, oh man, I have to do this one. Mm. I have to become world champion in front of my home crowd, just in front of all my friends and family. So that was the next goal. Um, got into that. Uh, I was national champion again. But as uh, I think it was around May, I picked up a bit of a hip injury. I think it was like a hip impingement and a bit of tendon issue going on. So that put me out until the end of July, I started running again. So I had about three months of no running, a bit of swimming and really limited like bikes. That would have been so, hard for you. Yeah. Mentally and physically, just mentally going, I've got world champs in September. I'm not training. I'm not doing anything. And it was like I was a drug addict coming off like an addiction You just because that's all you do all day, every day, like 30 hours a week of training. You're just full of your endorphins flowing. And as soon as you stop, you're so lost. And it's literally like a, a come down off natural endorphins. That sounds heavy. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was a rough patch. And then finally got better, kicked into the training and then ended up with tonsillitis. So that was not great. So that put me out for about another two, three weeks. Mm. Um, and then this stage, it was the around the end of August, and the race was about mid-September. So I had about two, two and a half weeks of proper training leading into the race. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm ready to just, if I have to, I'll collapse on course, do whatever I have to do to win. Um, ended up, I was sitting about third most of the race and finished in fourth, which absolutely... Still a good result. Still a good result. What you, you rattled you yeah. because you were like you you could taste first place. Yeah, because I I know that like the guy that won, uh, looking on times and comparing other results, I've beaten him every other time, mm -hmm. and to know that, I, I that's part of racing, I guess. You're not always at your best. Some people have their day, some people don't. But to know that the w opportunity to win was there, if I hadn't have got injured or sick, and that. That's pretty much been like a massive 
dump of fuel onto a fire pit for me to just pump out since then, hey. Well, that's intriguing too because, you know, like that could have affected someone with maybe less a positive mindset as yourself in another way. They're like, that's it. That was my shot. That was, um, I, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm, there's no point doing it anymore. But you knew that you had the ability. If you had had the right lead up, you know, it, and again, may have been your day, may not have been your day, as long as you're not hugging the 6K sign or, you know, whatever might come <laughs> to be. But, you know, that you, you've you used that as fuel. So so, so tell me since then what's what that's, what that's done for you. Yeah, so since then, well, like you said, I was I went into that as this is my shot, this is my chance. Uh, it took me a couple of days to recover and get back in a positive mindset. And I was like, look, everything happens for a reason. This has happened for whatever reasons. Let's find out why. And then my first thought was, look, at that time, I was like, this is going to be the biggest, most defining moment in my career. And then because it didn't happen, I'm like, all right, something else is going to be massive. Something else is mm. going to happen. So I kicked that off. And then a month after that, I decided to go pro, um, apply for my professional license. And that was all approved on the 3rd of October. So as of then, I was a professional triathlete and got to race in more opportunity to race in more races. Mm. So um, as a pro, I, uh, the next month was Nepean and then the next week after that was Noosa as my first two pro races, which was really cool as... Nepean's a bit of a, a rich history in triathlon, been around for oh, however many years it was. Um, Where's that one? Uh, Nepean's in Penrith, so Western. Ah, okay, Canada. okay, yeah. I'm, I'm with you now. Yeah, it sounds yeah. it sounds like exotic and foreign. I'm I'm waiting for like you know two k's out of Mexico or something. I'm geographically <laughs> challenged, man. So yeah, that's cool. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, yeah, no, it's a bit of a Western Sydney suburbs kind of area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, yeah, so the race, that was really cool. And then um, Proe, so Craig Alexander was racing in that. And to be able to line up on the start line next to such a legend of the sport was the craziest kind of feeling. And Aaron Royal and all these other big names. I'm standing there like, I'm in this race with all these guys. How cool is this? Legit. You didn't sneak in. Like, you you deserve to be there. Yeah. Mm. So I think I finished um, eighth in that race and the top Six got prize money. Oh, like, oh, wow. oh, what, what is this all about? It's just teaching you to be more hungry. I think it is. Hey, I was stoked with the top 10. I was like, oh, just off the money. And then Noosa was the week or two weeks after that. And then, like, Noosa being the biggest triathlon in the Southern Hemisphere, I was like, all right, just do good, see what happens. Placing doesn't matter. Just have a good race. And then I checked out. I was like, all right. Where's the prize money go to? Well, look at that, see, and then comparing uh, times, results with other guys I knew. I was like, all right, a top 15 finish would be amazing. Top 10 would just be the next level. Uh, ended up finishing 12th. Nice. <laughs> so two spots off prize money again. Oh, uh, again? Oh, so it's not up to 15. It's it's up to 10 this door. <laughs> yeah. So... And that's not like, funny. Oh, I, I shouldn't laugh at your misfortune. That, that's not cool. Yeah. But like, I can see that this is just, you, it's keeping you in the game, you know, yeah, and you're not giving up. Pattern. Mm. <laughs> this, that's pretty much my triathlon career has been like so close. You can taste it, but I just can't scoff down that meal. Mm. Uh, coming mm. through, it was so many fourths or seconds. 
And they're like, worst two spots. I'd rather be first or third. But, um, yeah, being so close so much. And then after that, I had my first long course race up at Harvey Bay, um, end of November. So that was a 2K swim, 80K bike, and 18K run. I went in with the attitude of, oh, I've never done this before. Let's just see what happens. I was like, I'll try and hold the same pace as I would for the standard distance, which is 1.5K swim, 40K bike, 10K run. So mm-hmm. it was pretty much double it. I was like, nah, it'll be sweet. I'll just go as hard as I usually do for the half that distance and see what happens. So then the swim was good, ended up holding that same pace. The bike was really good, held the same pace as I usually would. The first 5Ks of the run was really good. Went through that as usual. And then, yeah, the first 5Ks were about 17 minutes. The next 5Ks, 19. The next 5Ks, 21. The next 5Ks, 23. Just blew up big time in the back end. Um, and then as I've crossed the line, I was that disorientated and out of it that as I was coming in for the last couple of Ks, if I looked down at my watch or looked anywhere but straight ahead of me, I'd get dizzy and lose my balance. Mm. So as I've crossed, the um, race organizers standing there with like a finishing medal ready to take you in, give you a hug or anything like that. I didn't realize I was about 12 meters away from him. And I've reached out to like grab him and collapse. <laughs> and next thing I've like one foot over the line and just face planted straight on the ground. Oh no. My arm out just expecting him to be there and like pop the shoulder as I've landed. Oh uh, no. So I was straight in the back of the ambo. They're pumping me full of stuff in the aircon. And then after about 10 minutes, I'm like, man, my shoulder is sore. What is going on? And then uh, I think dad had video or a photo of me coming across the line. Legit one foot over and then just face planted with my arm out. I was like, oh, oh on your dad. That. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, that was my, pretty much my entry into pro racing. And then in December, we um, actually rode from Burley to Adelaide, which is 3,600 kilometers. Oh, God. So, yeah, we left on the 1st of December and arrived in Adelaide on the 31st. Wow. It was a really, really sick experience. Um, built up a lot of base and strength in my legs as well as such a strong mental game from mm. that. Just It's a physical journey, but it's such a mental journey spending like six to eight hours a day every day on a bike. Mm. Yeah, I recently really had a chat. Places. I had a chat with Greg McDermott. I don't know if you're... I've sort of, you know, crossed paths with him at all, but he did that right around Australia and it's like 15,000 kilometers or something. Like you guys are just, yeah. oh, you're just 30, you know, just 3,600, you know, just <laughs> how, like, how many days did that take you? Uh, 31. So we averaged 31 about, days. yeah, 120Ks a day. So it wasn't in terms of like a distance riding tour, it wasn't too much, but I mean, it's still a fair bit. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, like, that's the thing. Hey, you know, you can you can go and like, well, compared to this guy that just swam around England, this is small. <laughs> you, you know, but for me, yeah. uh, 
you know, like even before you're like, oh, I really bonked on the run. And I'm listening to your time and I'm like, yeah, no, even if I was on my treadmill sprinting, I'm not running at that speed when you're like fainting. And <laughs> to, to ride 3,600 uh, kilometers, like that's massive, man. Like just, I mean, if you ever need a cheerleader and or, you know, there's a male guy called a cheerleader, I can be that guy. Like if you ever like, was it good? Was it fast? Send me a message. I'll tell you it was. That That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheers. I'll make sure I remember remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, what? Since I mean, like, what for starters? What prompted that? Was that just like someone's you having a drink with a mate, and you're like, hey, wouldn't it be cool to? Or was it part of something? Like, how did that come to be? Uh, a bit of both, actually. So it was with um, uh, friends of mine now that I didn't know at the time. So they, um, husband and wife, they own or run like a a vegan surf wear or street wear company that profits go back to animal sanctuary called sugar shine farm in Lismore. Mm. So I was like, Oh, this is heaps cool. I get like a, a sick singlet and then the profit profits go over to the, the farm and help out all these rescue animals. So I was wearing their gear and riding around and they saw me doing some long training rides and they're like, Oh, let's meet up like for a coffee or an acai bowl or whatever. And I got this heaps cool idea with, think you'd be good at i was like oh yeah whatever cool i'm up for an acai bowl anytime mm. and then they're like oh we're doing this thing called the tour de froth and i'm like i have no idea what this is but it sounds mad it does go. sound a bit pretty sick doesn't it <laughs> yes. yeah yes. and they're like we're going to ride from Burley to adelaide in from the 1st of december to the 31st you're going to be like a full have a support bus a food van everything's going to be looked after we're camping in swags that's commitment and i was like Christmas yeah, Day. Sure. Yeah, all over Christmas and everything like that. Mm, mm, but, um, Boxing Day. You're just on the bike again. Yeah. Un- unwrapping <laughs> yeah. a little unwrapping some some gels or something. Like Yeah, like pretty it. much. <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. You, you know, <laughs> some of the things that you've achieved and you know, like I know that you're in a way it's got a little bit of a flavor of like so close. Um yeah. Like you're killing it in life and you're doing some pretty amazing things that, you know, a very small percentage of people would get to be experiencing the things that you, like I went pro. Okay. I'm standing next to, you know, Aaron Roll or whoever it might be, right? Like you're that person for everyone else on the sideline. They're looking at your name on the back of your shirt and they're following you on social media. And like, I've been watching your, your social media posts. I find them really super unique, uh, but really engaging and inspiring. I love it. Now you're yeah, a personal trainer. Obviously, it would be great to work with. Tell us, tell us a bit about how that came about. Um, yeah, so I was, hit a stage. It was like this weird kind of epiphany. I've gone, all right. I was actually I was working at Coles doing night fill, and that was that was cruisy. It was all good, nice easy work for easy money. I'm like, yep, this is this is okay. But working from nine till twelve, or even like one thirty, even two o'clock some mornings nights. Um, and then getting up at four o'clock to train the next day, mm. it was a little bit tough. Hey, getting like two, three hours sleep and trying to train for five hours the next day and then survive enough, finish training, eat lunch, have a nap, go to work the next night. It was pretty much like a, a two days in 24 hours. It sounds brutal. Burning me out. Yeah. Mm. So I was like, all right, I've had enough of this. If money wasn't the reason for a job, what would I be doing for work? And I was like, all right, I'd be doing triathlon and just doing heaps of triathlons. And I was like, well, 
that's cool, but I feel like I have this knowledge or all this passion that I might as well share it and see how many people I can help that have been in similar positions to me or looking for something and I've got the answers for. I was like, what what kind of job allows that? And I was like, oh, maybe being a school teacher, like doing PE, mm. oh, that'd be cool. And then I was like, what if I don't have to go to school and I can still do this because I hated school pretty much. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I could be a personal trainer. I could train anyone from someone just wanting to learn about how to be fit and get uh, healthy, do some exercise to anyone wanting to do like a sport specific strength program, triathlon training, anything like that. And I was like, that sounds pretty sick. That'd be a good gig. So I looked into that. Um, and then the course was a five and a half thousand dollar course. I'm going, yeah, okay, right. I'm going to have to mm. work the goals for a little bit longer. Mm, mm. So, because you haven't got uh, the prize money just sitting in the bank. You know, <laughs> yeah. Couple more, couple more spots higher. A couple of times, you'd be like, "Yeah, I, I can kick this cash in," you know. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I had to slave away at Coles for another uh, almost a year, I think it was, as I was paying off. So I was working at Coles, studying, and paying off the course as it went along. Um, so I think that took me about eight months before I'd finished the course, and luckily they had an online option, so I could work, train, study, all in my own time, and get it done at my own leisure I could do it in three months I could do it in 12 months and just took my time with it made sure I was doing it properly and then yeah finished that up at I think it was around August um or uh, about September in 2018 and then from there I was like all right I don't want to jump like just dive straight into this I want to learn see how everything goes so I pretty much took really really little baby steps to get into it trained a couple of my friends, wrote programs for them, did some sessions, learned how to write programs, do sessions, and just kind of get heaps of feedback and stuff like that until the end of the year. I was like, all right, start of 2019, I'm going to just launch this, go at it, and see what happens. And that's pretty much what I did. Um, I think I had about three people uh, come in over about eight weeks. I was like, oh, yep, it's pretty slow. wasn't expecting it to be this slow. And then mm. I was like, all right, everything has its reasons, its purpose. So I get the moment. I'm not getting heaps of clients, but I've got heaps of time to work on this, develop stuff, see how to work it out and go from there. And then I was doing like a like, – because it was January, I was like, all right, first session is free because it's first of the month. And then February, I was like two for one. And then March, I was going to do um, – like if you bring three people, we'll do a heaps good discount, kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then doing promotions like that to help get people enticed into it and be like, oh, I'm thinking of it, but maybe I can't afford it. They're like, oh, this is heaps cool. I'll just come for a free session, see what it's like. And then pretty much most people that came for a session ended up hanging around. And now I've got, oh, I think I'm doing about 10, 12 hours a week, which is really nice. It's a nice level of training i can still make it nice and personal with everyone i'm not busy i can spend more time with them if i need to and just kind of cruising and hopefully it just keeps steadily rolling along goes along and um has a bit of a flow to it 
I like it. And it sounds really intriguing to me. Like I've, I've watched you, I've watched some of the videos you put up, the videos, some of the videos are hilarious, but the, the videos, <laughs> you're flying, man. Like you, you put out how fast you're doing and, and some of the times you're doing and, and you've got a, a good network of people, it seems around you, um, but your energy, yeah. there's just something. And I mean, even now you, you're beaming and you've got this positive, uh, you know, energy that just radiates. It's, I can see how getting someone into a first session would be great because I can see that they'd be hooked on the fact that the person standing over their shoulder, it's not commando. It's yeah. this, you know, cruisy, big smile guy, but still with the knowledge and, and the actual experience yourself whilst you're only young, you've actually got some really, um, you know, I suppose deep experience to a high level that you can share uh, and, and an ability yourself to be able to just be like, right, can you keep up with me? No, cool. Then I'm probably the guy that should train you, train you for a little while, right? So yeah, yeah. that's been that's been really good to watch. And and yeah, what thanks. a match made in heaven. Yeah, you're welcome, man. What but what a match made in heaven. This this the trainer. Uh, I just imagine you like just with your big smile packing those shelves at Carl's. What an upgrade from that to this though. Yeah, it was. Oh, um, okay. I think who said it. I think it was actually Drake, like the singer of all people. Um, I, think, oh, I don't remember the quote exactly, but it was, you're never above where you are or you're never too good for where you are right now in life or something mm -hmm. along those lines. Like you're not too good for the job you're working. Like you have to come up and come through. And I'm pretty sure he worked at like our Canada's similar to Cole's, like started stacking shelves. And I was like, well, that's like similar to me working in Cole's. I was like, that's so true. You're never mm. too good. You have to work through. You have to come through these stages. You have mm. to do what you got to do to get where you want to be kind of thing. Attitude's everything, man. And, and so that, yeah. this, that leads me into my, my favorite question is about mindset. You clearly have a, a, a real drive, a, a real champion mindset, obviously one that's able to find positives um, even in, in the negative moments. But um, what, what do you think for you makes up a successful mindset? Um. A lot of things, really. It's it's like cooking a good curry or a good meal. You can't just go, all right, I'll just put some spice in and see what happens. Mm -hmm. It's A lot of it is resiliency, I think, commitment, dedication, and trying to always look for a bit of a light in the tunnel, so to speak. So, I mean, everyone's been through their issues. Some people have had more than others, but it comes back to it's your life, not theirs. Some people may have been through really bad times. Some people may look like they're living an amazing life, but it's your life, your thing to do. So what's been tough for me may have been someone's average day and mm. it's not up for you or them to judge. Like you've been through your hardest day in your life so far and you've got through it. it however long it took, however long it was, you still were in this, horrible place and you manage to get through it so then if something else happens and you're in a oh, shit situation and it's it's just going pear-shaped from there you can look at it and be like all right i've been through the hardest part of my life already i know how to deal with this i know i can do it and you come through it and then it's pretty much a flow-on effect of positivity from there it's, if you can't find the light be the light look for mm. things be positive and keep it rolling and then I think that mindset helps in all areas of life, whether it's work, sport, relationships, just anything you do. And then pretty much to be successful, you need 
the appropriate goal. And I've found that if no one's doubting your goal, it's not really big enough. If everyone was heaps supportive and like, yeah, you can do that, no worries, then fair chance you'll be able to do it. But the, the reward of proving people wrong to me is just amazing. Mm. I've had that many people tell me, I've had a physio tell me I wouldn't ever be a professional athlete because I had Sever's disease in my heel as a child, which is where the bone splits as you grow. Oh, gosh. Like, all right. From that moment, I was like, all right, I'm becoming a professional athlete of any kind. I don't know what it is. Mm. And then I had school teachers tell me that like, I would never make it in triathlon. I might as well go to uni, work the nine to five and live on the weekends. And I was like, well, what if I could live every day of the week? Mm-hmm. Live my dream and sort it out from there. And then, yeah, I've had even the small things like people go, oh, well, you know, if so-and-so rocks up, at least you'll get second. I've gone, come on, radio. Now I'm going to smash this. Not only mm. win, I'm going to hand it to them. And it's kind of, yeah, making a positive situation out of a negative one. Just anything you can do kind of thing, no matter what people say. If you're fighting for something, if your fight is more than theirs, you pretty much got it in the bag. You just... You keep pushing, keep pushing, and you get it. If you want it, you get it, no matter how long it takes, kind of thing. I love, I love this. Like, so, so you've got. I mean, obviously, the the resilience piece. You, you've you've stuck it through. You popped shoulders, laying on signs, mex- nearly trips to Mexican hospitals. Like, you, you've you've really <laughs> driven. You, you've stayed committed to the goals that you've set in your life, and and that's shown that you've got dedication. So, and that all seems to tie into a level of self belief for you. So, not only are you believing in yourself, it sounds to me like you're then making sure that you're in the present moment experience whatever suffering might be happening but finding the positive path through that knowing that you've endured more before but then always having this this goal this big goal that's driving you and and i love that set it big enough where you know it doesn't matter how big the storm is where you're going not only is the journey enjoyable but the arriving at that point will be worthwhile that's a hundred percent hey it's like even if you don't make it to that spot you're chasing Every step along the way is amazing. And it is hard. Well, for me, I used to struggle at that. I'd be like, I'm so far from this. And then I've had heaps of positive people come into my life and be like, look, but look where you were. Look where you've come. Look how you are. And it's not until you step back and go, whoa, I've come from, I'll say like running 5Ks in 25 minutes to now running in 15 or anything like that. You go, you got to step back, look at how far you've come look at how close you are, and even if you don't make it, you just appreciate the journey you've been on. Mm, mm, I like it. I like it. Real attitude of gratitude. Yeah, yeah. So for yourself, 2019, are there any like particular goals that you've got that you're setting yourself? It could be with your business. It could be with your endurance life. Like, um, What's that looking like for you? Um, yeah, so for pretty much the rest of the Aussie season, I've got, um, so I've got Kingscliff, the next weekend after this, which is like a local hit out that's really good. And then after that, I've got two ITU races, which is like to get an I- start an ITU race was my goal about seven, eight years ago. So I ticked that off the list about two weeks ago in Tasmania. Nice. And I've got two more to um, just put my name out there, see how it goes. Um, I'd love a top 10, uh, but obviously you can't control what other people do. You just, do your best, see what happens and see where you place up with that. 
But I think looking forward from the next couple of weeks, it'd be amazing to be able to go overseas, get some amazing experiences racing, and be able to live off this sport, um, whether it's it funds itself or if um, I can pick up sponsorships or be part of teams that help me get to places, get to races, experience, grow as an athlete, as a person, and just really make a life out of my sport and make it more than a hobby. And mm. then, so that's kind of my winter idea and then hopefully come back for the summer and be able to qualify and put a good um a good recipe together to get onto like an olympic team or just be able to to live this lifestyle mm, mm, i like it i like yeah. it endless summer the endless summer yeah, uh, yeah, I like it. I like it. And so, you, you the sponsor thing. I suppose that just sort of like might sort of come come to be. I see that you're sort of working with a couple of sponsors at the moment. Uh, do you want to tell us about it's like how that's come to be and who you're working with? Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so I've got a few sponsors. One of them, um, Osteozone. So, Tracy's been my osteo since oh maybe five years now. I've been with her. So I used to have really bad. Um, ITB issues all through high school, mainly because I was going from athletic season into cross country season into triathlon season, straight back to athletics without no break and not knowing how I actually have to treat my body to race. I was like, yeah, I'll just keep racing, keep training, it'll be right. Without that knowledge base of, okay, you need a strength training program, you need a stretching, you need to be looked after, you race hard, you rest hard, you recover hard kind of deal. Mm. So she's, um, Oh, she'd been working with me for a couple of years and then she was like, oh, I'd love to help you on your journey with however I can. And so she's been sponsoring me with that. Um, Legend Tracy. Yeah. Love your work. Weekly or fortnightly, just making sure my body's all intact, sorting out any niggles, preventing anything, mainly preventing rather than cure. Easiest way to fix everything. So making sure if, I've got a bit of a niggle in my calf. We sort that out before it comes a calf tear or anything like mm. that. So um, she's been a massive help. And then also with um, just recently P3, which is a sports recovery center, which is kind of goes hand in hand with Tracy's work. Um, as I do the osteo through her, she sorts out my body and then I go to P3 and that sorts out my rest, my downtime kind of thing. So they have um, what's called like their wet therapy area, which is contrast baths. So there's a, like a 10 degree pool, a 38 degree pool, a 15 degree pool and a 35 degree pool. So you go like four minutes in each, three or four rounds and it's full of magnesium and the water's oxidized so that it flows through you, like into your body, soaks up through your skin. You're soaking in the magnesium as you're in the cold all everything's compressing as you're in the warmth. Everything's opening up, taking mm. as much as it needs. Is this like this spa part, baths or something? I'm trying to paint the picture in my mind. I have to look this up, but is it? Is it like? Yeah. Is it? Is like one spa bath? Pretty much spa baths. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like a two by two, or possibly a bit bigger than that, actually. Kind of bars, and there's like four of them all next to each other. Everyone's lined up, and it's actually like a heaps good kind of community of everyone that goes there. So you go in, sometimes it's really quiet and you can just really relax and it's almost like a meditation session. Other times you're in there and you're hearing people's stories and making new friends and kind of 
all that deal. And then they've got um, like the they use Normatec, which is like a compression Garmin. Yeah, tell me about other... this. I keep seeing photos everywhere with these crazy pant things on. Like, yeah, uh, can, yeah. Can you fill me in? I have no idea what they are. I, like, you know, there's LeBron James and his son. You know, there's every, everyone's like they are a marketing beast right now. So there must be something great about them because everyone seems to be in them. But can you walk me through what that is? Yeah, so they are amazing. I'm asleep in them more than I'm awake because it's so relaxing. Yeah, I just right. sit there and fall asleep. But so there's, um, I use uh, the ones at P3. There's a like a full leg compression, um, a core one which is about above knee to about just under chest. So that works all through your hips, glutes, core, lower back, and they've got arm compression one. So the they used to be they'd start like at the base, so at the foot, and they can press up and just squeeze slowly, 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 all the way up the leg up to the hip and then release back down. And just the pressure and then that releasing helps the blood flow, helps get the lactic acid out of the system a lot quicker than it usually would. Mm. So it's kind of an aid to recovery. But they've just upgraded their, like Normatec has upgraded their um, their system of work or like the science behind it. And they've got a new pulse system where it pulses in different areas. So it'll build up from the bottom, go to the middle, release the bottom, go to the top, release the middle, or like go back to the calf or anything like that. I haven't worked out how the pattern is yet, Mm. but it's like a different pattern now so that it blocks that um, reverse kind of flow back into the legs or arms, wherever you're working that it's less lactate gets put into your body and more flows through instead of coming back to the heart. So it's pretty much like a flushing system of all the lymph nodes and flushing out all the toxins and lactic and pretty much like a massive stretch relaxing session. So as you walk out, you're just walking out going, oh man, you feel fresh and relaxed. Whether you've had a sleep or not, you feel like you've just slept for six hours. Wow. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, that sounds yeah. awesome. This place sounds like heaven. P3, oh, eh? Yeah. I reckon I'm there more than at home, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> and where are they? Uh, they're on, um, I think it's Cordham Drive in Burley. Yeah, right. Coast. And I okay. think they have a, pretty sure there's one in Melbourne as well, but I don't know where that, where the Melbourne one is. Yeah. My tattooist is in Burley. I know Burley. Oh, okay, I don't know yeah. places, but I know Burley. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's not too far from you. Yeah. It's well worth, it. well worth it by the sounds of things. Anything else that they do there? Um, yeah, they've got a fascial um, release stretching um, lady. They've got um, – what's there's like a oxygen, uh, like a cryotherapy – kind of deal um have you done that before barrack chamber no i haven't done those ones before and mm. there's i think there's a sauna as well so it's like a freezing cold kind of thing just helps if you've got a really bad inflammation in an area i need to just get rid of that and then i think the hyperbaric chamber is like the oxygen one where it's almost like it pumps so much oxygen in that it's uh does some crazy healing that there's more oxygen in your blood so mm. it just freshens you up heaps and then 
the sauna just helps flush out any toxins in your system as well. What a, what a what a crazy place! So, and 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 how did how did how did you come to meet them? Um, I think I was a few years ago training with uh, one guy came to train with us, and then he was like, "Oh, my girlfriend works at this place where they do recovery," and I was like, "Oh yeah, cool, some recovery stuff. Yeah, I'll go check it out." And then I went, and then I've been going there for about two years now. And just the other month, I approached him. I was like, "Oh." Look, I absolutely love your stuff here. I've been here for quite a while. I was wondering if there's anything I can do to help you, if you can help me. And yeah, we kind of just formed a teamship from there. And it's been great. So another perfect match. I help them, yeah. Mm, mm. And, you're, and you're rocking some cool shoes, man. Tell, tell, yeah. us, uh, tell, us, tell us about those. Yeah, so I've been wearing Ons for uh, maybe five years now, six years now, possibly. So they're those yeah, space kind of shoes I wear with all the little clouds in the bottom of them. Mm. So that kind of technology is almost like a springboard. As you're landing, it soaks the impact and then re- explodes it back again. Wow. So they've got, um, oh, I think they've got maybe like 12 different types and models of the on shoe now. So for all different types of runners and there's a race one, there's your um, like your average Joe one, which is sort sort of meant for, for most people, then they've got ones for stability, ones for off-road, for gym, all that kind of deal. So I've been wearing those for, yeah, like six years. And it was like that moment in Harry Potter where he's in the wand shop and he's looking for a wand, but he doesn't know how to pick, and then the wand chooses him. Mm-hmm. That was the exact moment as soon as I saw these shoes. I was like, oh, that's what I need. I was just, I knew I needed them. They chose me. I chose them. I was like, yes, this is sick. So I was wearing those for ages. And then, um, yeah, just recently at the start of this year, Shoeys, the guys from Shoeys were um, at Rabina at one of the races I was at, saw me racing in the, shoe, in the, the Ons, which they stock. Um, and I came in, love that you're wearing Ons. We'd love to help you out if you can help us out. And I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be heaps cool. So they're looking after me with shoes and a bit of running accessories and stuff like that. And then just helping them out with getting their name out there is they're not as big of a, a company so the more i promote them the more they promote me help look after me with shoes and it's been really cool last couple of weeks mm, mm, yeah and and so and where are they based uh they are in brisbane okay. um i'm not sure what part of brisbane but probably got an online store yeah yeah they're online and in store as well which is really cool Oh, so okay. I don't feel like going up to Brizzy. I can just chuck them a ring and order some shoes in. Mm. And and so these, you, you're you're obviously a big fan of those shoes. And like whatever you put on your feet, like you know, you bike. Everyone's mad on bikes. Um, your gear plays a really big part in how you feel. Everything. So so for you to have stuck with those shoes for that length of time, that that speaks a lot. Oh, big time! Yeah. Mm. So I've yeah I've tried all your other big name brands, and it was. They were okay, but there was no uh, no magic there. I was like, oh yeah, they're they're there, but you just I didn't connect with them, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then after exploring the the ons a bit, just finding the right on for me, finding that right perfect fit, I was like, wow, this is amazing. How is no one else doing this? And in the last couple of years, I've just seen it explode. Every, you know, so many people are wearing them. The name's getting out there. It's like, oh, cool. Everyone's coming to the stage. 
I like it. But, I like it. Any other any other um, you know places you're working with at the moment? Yeah. Um, so I've been as a just a little ambassador kind of role for Gold Coast Triathlete. Um, I've kind of used them as I've come up through my triathlon career, just getting my bike sorted there, all my cycling bits and pieces here and there. I worked there for about six or seven months and they've just always helped me out. So I was like, look, if you can keep helping me out, I'll keep helping you out. The further I go, the more I can help you. And then, so they just look after me as much as they can. Just being a, a bike shop, there's not a great margin or much profit that comes in. So whatever they can help with, they help with. And then I do whatever I can for them as well. And then I've got a nutrition company, which is like, it's called Simply Healthy, but they're more of a community support group for anyone seeking health, fitness advice. So their uh, their idea as a company is to not just provide pardon me, your protein powders or your supplements, that kind of deal. They're doing all that as well. It's going to be all um, all vegan, all um, healthy, all free, organic kind of deal, as well as providing um, like lists of nutritionists and physios, osteos, personal trainers, coaches, um, mentors, all that kind of stuff. So it's not just you're buying protein supplements from them. You're going in and then you go, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to train for a marathon. I'm like, okay, yep, what area are you in? Say you're in Gold Coast, you're like, oh, go see this guy. You can do your strength with him. You can do your running training with this. Or if there's anything else, you're like, oh, I want to get my nutrition sorted. They've got, oh, yep, this is your area. This is your nutritionist. And it's kind of like a, a middleman to help you achieve your goals kind of set up. And you know that you're going to get someone that's trusted. So they're vetting people, you know, to bring into the community because they want to keep a certain standard. Um, yeah. So, then, you know, if, you say, if they say go see, uh, you know, Travis because he's an awesome PT, well, they're going to turn up and you're going to be you and they're going to be like, hey, that was right. So, I, uh, so yeah. that's, that's obviously a cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. So it's a real natural kind of no BS, all science, no marketing kind of approach. Mm. Yeah, which is really nice to be some be a part of something that's real, raw, and authentic. I like it. Yeah. And does that round round out the businesses you're working with? Um, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, like I to, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to thank my fans. I always find that that uh, the thank you speech uh, it's always a bit of a challenging one. You know, I don't know. Is there like if there was a, a um, you know like a brand out there listening, would you be like, hey, it's Oakley? I want, I want my I want my if I could be wearing me Oakley Sunnies or like if, is there a wish brand that you're like, oh, you know, hey, if anyone's listening, um, not that I can think off the top of my head. Um, well, I am putting you on the spot, so that's totally cool. Yeah. Um, I love my Felt and my Cervelo bikes. I've got a uh, Cervelo road bike and a Felt TT. Mm-hmm. So it's a massive to- toss-up, uh, whether to go all Felt or all Cervelo and help out. But I love both. I love um, supporting both. So if one of them wants to come to the table, I'd be just over the moon to help help out, see what I can do there. Nice. Um, I absolutely love my cliff bars. I've got um, eight boxes of 12 sitting right next to me at the moment. You're already an ambassador. Uh, 
for not for Cliff Bar. No, um, I mean like you're obviously not, living you're living it right now. Like not even paid, <laughs> but you're doing yeah. it. So Cliff, if you're listening, you know, get on get on board. So I, I like that. So it sounds um, to me, you know, that you you really are a guy that's about community, about giving back. Uh, not only are you driving your own life, it's it it clearly is never at the expense of others. Um, so so I really I really like that, um, and and you know crushing someone by coming first that's that's not a bad thing. Everyone's in it to win it. Um, <laughs> but but at the same time, um, you know if you if you had to be given three tips out to someone that you know they might be sitting on the couch and they're thinking about getting into endurance activities, what what might your tips be? Um, I would say just do it, get straight into it, which is a good thing to do, but do it smartly. Don't just go, all right, Gold Coast Marathon's coming up in a month. I'm just going to go run it. Mm-hmm. You want to go do it, start searching it on, like, use the social media. It's, there's opportunities there for it to be a positive influence in people's lives rather than just this negative time-consuming area. You go search like running groups in your area, trainers in the area, coaches. If you've got an ambition to get into any kind of endurance activity, it's not just a walk in the park. I mean, if that's your endurance activity you want to get into, then mm. it is a walk in the park. <laughs> but it's kind of with I think most sports, but especially endurance sports, you've got to respect the sport. You can't go, oh, I want to go do a triathlon in under three hours or anything like that you've got to put the time into it train properly respect it and then respect everyone else doing it if you see someone that you didn't realize was so fit and healthy and they oh they've just done like a two and a half hour triathlon cool i'll do that as well or i'll try and beat it you've got to realize that with endurance supports sports there's so much time put into getting where everyone is no matter what stage you're into it you've had to work to get there it's kind of an unforgiving uh, sport area with not much. Uh, if there's room, if there's error, it shows. So there's not mm-hmm. too much room for error. You're not fluking it. That. You're not like, oh, yeah. I just fluked the Ironman win, um, and I've never trained before. No, that's yeah. that's probably not happening. Yeah, exactly like that. Hey. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. So, uh, do it smart. Get into that eco. Um, community and by the sounds of things simply health could be a if i got that name right um could be yeah. a place to actually you know explore that if not social media like you said you can find so much so much out there um by the sounds of things those guys are a good place to start or, or actually reaching out to, to someone like yourself um you know because you you also not only are you connected but you're also a person that can actually be be getting um you know someone from where they are now to where they want to be and, and that's your livelihood so, I mean, I don't know, obviously, you're probably going to want to work with people more so face-to-face, um, but are you able to, and again, I'm putting you on the spot, but are you able to help people, you know, online if, if someone was a little further away um, from where you are and they wanted to work with you, like whether that's FaceTime or, you know, conversations of that nature, is that something else that's that's an option or how, do, how does that kind of work? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, it's a little bit harder um, online training. I don't get that one-on-one. I don't get to see the person training, correct their form, make sure it's not too much or too little for them, trying to get the right progression plan, just kind of things I can pick up from just being in person. Like even before you realize that the weight's too much, I'll be like, okay, you're kind of losing form halfway through this, correct this. Whereas online training, I can give you something you may not realize until three or four weeks later. All right, we started too hard. Now we've got to correct it. But it's definitely something I enjoy doing, just being able to, 
reach out and help as many people as I can. Like I've got all this knowledge and passion for it. I was like, you know what? The more people I can help influence positively and get the same love and passion out of being healthy and active and all these sports that I get to see someone else get that kind of enjoyment out of it is pretty much what I'm in it for at the end of the day. I like it. I like it. So if they want to reach out to you, where, where are they finding you? Um, yeah. So you can find me on either Instagram at Travis Coleman um, PT or my email is Travis Coleman 96 at gmail.com. Um, if you're on the Instagram, there's a link in my bio to my website which I'm pretty sure is just, um, I think I have it, where is it, somewhere here, um, just traviscolmanpt.com.au. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You can find all blogs about, if you want to look up a bit more about me, find some more information. I've got like race report blogs, things I've been thinking about that week, a little bit of random stuff from my life here and there, and just a bit of information if anyone's looking for a bit more about me they can find it all through there and then obviously you've got got the facebook accounts at travis coleman and then the facebook business account at travis coleman pt i like it i like it so you're really all in this this is going to be a big year for you i can see that obviously your business is growing um you know you've got your head screwed on you've really got some great goals uh, for 2019 and beyond mate i really hope that you that you achieve them um, and i'm sure you yes, will with that drive of yours but um, this has been an absolute pleasure getting the chance to to get to know you better um, and also potentially share your story, you know, quite far and wide. Um, but again, mate, look, I, I, I can't say enough just, just how thankful I am for you taking the time to have a chat. Yeah, no, thanks for getting us on. It's heaps good chat. Yeah, it was fun, wasn't it? So yeah. I to, I'm going to try and come and actually watch you. If you're doing an event around, I might try and see if I can get down because um, you, you low-level fly. Like if you're doing 5Ks in 15 minutes, I know that's like the speed everyone's doing. But, um, yeah, I, I want to see this with my own eyes. It should be good. But, again, mate, thanks for coming on. Cheers. Thanks so much for having me.